What's our next category? Best our next neologism. Ca- neologism. Is it neologism what? or neologism? Neologism. 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 Our next category is best neologism. Uh, what what did people have for this one? Isn't um, it really just whatever or as if? There's no. two types of people. Two types of people. Hold on. Hold whatever on. people oh. and as if people. No, the the okay. First of all, the neologisms having as if as your go-to neologism in clueless is such a basic bitch move i'm not the an as if person the two best ones are baldwin and monet and i can't decide which one is better every time i see alec baldwin i think of he's such a bald like i like yeah. like they think of that as like a as like a oh he's so handsome like he's such a baldwin um which is Amazing. And the Monet thing is also so good. So she says, oh, she's a total Monet. You know, like from far away, she looks all right. From close up, it's a whole mess. So useful. Uh, which is, I take issue with as a fan of impressionist in pointless painting. Yeah. Okay. We know it's not a whole mess in any way. It's, you know, whatever. But it's, those two are perfect. No, they are. No, there's so many. I think that in my humble opinion, thinking back about this today, the two neologism movies are Clueless and Mean Girls. Yeah. I mean, just what words are the Mean Girls words? There's a phrases. I think, but neologism, neologism is phrase, is, includes phrases as well. Oh, so like she doesn't even go here. She doesn't even go here. Uh, good for you, Glenn Coco. <laughs> Um, what else did I write down? <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch happen. The fetch thing, yeah. There's a lot of them in Mean Girls. She the phrase even, is more. She doesn't even she, go here. She doesn't even go here is the most used huge. one by me. It's huge. She doesn't um, even go here. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I, I, I use it all the time. I say it yeah, in class, even though I know that the kids don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, those were the two. Yeah. Neologism is a newly coined word or expression. Whatever. Wow. Is that is that your pick or are you whatevering us? Yeah, it's my pick. Look, as the only one here who saw this movie contemporaneously and felt like they were on the bleeding edge of history, witnessing the inception of whatever and as if. Yeah, as if was nominated. I don't know where these things are documented, but sometimes things show up not as being on AFI lists, but being nominated for them. There's an AFI list of, I think it's 100, 100 quotes, and as if was nominated for that list. That's all I'm saying. Um, Got it. Okay. But I'm I'm a whatever man anyway. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's it points to the kind of evergreenness of clueless that it's neologisms can still work today. Cause I mean, mean girls is 
was for Rachel and I, like the movie that created the lingo, like good for you, Glenn Coco doesn't make sense to most other people. Yeah. She doesn't even go here as an actual sentence that people said before, but now it just means something different. Yeah. Or, or stop trying to make fetch happen. Um, Hi, I'm Katie. <laughs> um, so I think, I think it might be clueless as well, but I don't know. I don't know. Rachel, you know how you're always referring to things as Monet's or Baldwin's? I don't say I say it a lot, but it's such a good one. Also, I just want to say it's a testament to a very underrated performance in American history, which I do think is Alicia Silverstone in Clueless, that she can say all those things so naturally and it never feels forced or weird. Like she's saying, like all of them, but mostly her, are saying all these things with just such fluidness and so, and just like inhabiting the language so well that it does not get talked about enough her delivery of those lines it could have been so much worse and she's a marvel it's an absolutely amazing performance and then there's also the haiti what how does she say haitians haitians Haitians. apparently that was not on purpose that was just like (laughs) Uh, Alicia Silverstone not knowing how to say Haitians. And... Does not say RSVP <laughs> on the Statue of Liberty. Which just points to Alicia Silverstone being perfect for that role. Um, yeah, that is, should be on AFI's 100 best roles, best acting performances of all time. Yeah, saying that kind of language, like saying all those neologisms is like on the level of like, you know, like David Mamet dialogue or some stuff like that. It's just very, and she like, it, it, should, it. it should get the credit of like performing all of the like highbrow, like, um, you know, Aaron Sorkin, like, oh, look at you. You can say so many words at one time. But like, this is, I would say harder to pull off. Yeah, she to say something cool. believably as a character which also kind of... Isn't my mom on Betty? Like, becomes, she just says it's so easy. Becomes a part of the language and so recognizable is truly amazing. Yes. Justice for Clueless. Justice for Alicia <laughs> Silverstone. I mean, I also know that ju- she, like, her mothering practices people criticize, but whatever. And she's making a comeback. I think she's in a TV show. For her. Okay, next category. Because she tells me to, but whatever. Best adult. This being a (laughs) non-parent. Because we have a separate category for that. Mm -hmm. I have two nominees. Yes. Oh, you want me to say them now? I guess, yeah, why wouldn't I? Um, (laughs) I have two nominees. Get back to me in 15 minutes. Um, The first one is... I'll be back to pick you up later. Annie, is it Annie Potus? Annie Potus? Iona and Pretty... Annie Potts. Why did I say it wrong? I I spelled it Oh, I forgot about her. Iona and Pretty in Pink. Annie Potus. I don't know why I just cut that out. Annie, President of the United States. (laughs) Ghostbusters. (laughs) Annie Potts and Pretty in Pink is very, very good. She's very sweet. I love that she, like, actually has a character and a life. 
I also think it's like such an interesting thing where she's not just what what's interesting about that movie is that the adults are like sort of left of center or off kilter examples for Molly Ringwald. You know, like they're not perfect. They're not perfect. And in a lot of ways she can see in them some of the faults that she's trying to avoid. So the way that Annie Potts like changes herself to be like for a man does not make her not a good person and does not make her not a good caregiver to Molly Ringwald, but it does provide Molly Ringwald with like a idea of what she doesn't want to do. And that's something you don't normally see in these movies where people are either like unequivocally good role models and perfect caregivers or they're trash at both. And like, and you get this, two of those in that movie. Yeah. Cause of her dad too. Which is, who's also on my list. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, Harry Dean Stanton. And so oh. like, so this idea that like these people are, she loves them. She wants them in her life. They're very good to her, but they also screw up in ways that she's going to learn from is extremely um, realistic and very cool. And I love that. The, her relationship with Ducky, Annie Potts mm-hmm. and her father. Justice for Ducky, BT dubs. Are all very good relationships as as depict like depictions of relationships and i think are like believable and heartfelt and have a depth of thought to them that is not true for everything in that movie and Mm -hmm. is not true for a lot of relationships in um his movies so just point that out Yeah, especially, I think the same person who wrote the sort of perspective on parents and caregivers in uh, Breakfast Club wrote the much, much more interesting uh, uh, Pretty in Pink one is cool. Um, And then uh, my other nominee is uh, Mr. Mason Garrett Morris from Cooley High. So good. Yeah, he's good. Possibly the best teacher. He's, I think, the best teacher. Especially because... No, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're, 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 no I yours. just love that he like he like backs up these boys, even though they're so they never show up. Like they're clearly like not, as, you know, like they're not his star students, but yet he still like goes to bat for them and like understands that like they have a lot of potential. The way that he calls preach on his shit about like in the bathroom is very good and then he's like still there for him like nothing's conditional about his love for these guys um and also like his interaction with the cop is very interesting like just the performance in that scene the kind of the eyes between them is very interesting and cool um how he tries you know he makes like a sort of effort to get the other two guys out of prison um and the cop is like no it's not gonna happen and uh, and it's yeah he's so he's he's and the way he pulls preach up um for the exam and has them do the exam in front of the whole class I don't know it's just, it's good he's a good teacher and I mean it's also an interesting part as it pertains to the entire plot of the movie because he, you think he's doing this kind of unassailably good thing by trying to get these kids out of jail and out of trouble yes when in fact 
I know. He gets one of them killed, basically. Yeah. Um, oh my god! The slightly end Scene of that of like the the scene at the end where basically there's like the Romeo and Juliet moment where like Preach could tell Cooley's like everything it's, that's yeah. going on, but he doesn't because he's too mad at him. And you're just like, no, because you see it coming. Oh. The question I have is, would that have would they have like they didn't believe Preach? I know. Would they have believed both of them if they had the same story? Or does Maybe. it not really matter in the end? I don't know. But there's just like this like Shakespearean just sort of they're all running after each other. And it's very important and interesting. I think a very interesting comment that there's two teachers in that movie. The first is the white woman who's droning on about expectations and interacts with the kids zero. Yeah, it doesn't even realize um, that three of them are gone. Doesn't even realize that three of them are gone and like groping women on their way out. Um, and is just like talking about how they should look and like just droning on and on about her high expectations and has no interaction with them. And then it's Mr. Mason who like, you know, does all the things that are like not in the book, like yells at them to get them to be quiet and all this shit, but actually cares about them and interacts with them as human beings. I think that that's an important contrast. Yeah. I want the director's cut with uh, when Mr. Mason gives his lesson for the deaf and hard of hearing. I don't get it. Because he's SNL. Oh. Yeah, that's where I recognize him from old SNL stuff. Yeah. No, that was, yeah, that's, yeah, that's by far the most interesting teacher performance. Um. Oh, really? Oh, I think Andy has a no, counterpoint. I mean that, yeah, no, that's that's not a counterpoint. That's a very good choice. Um, I think I had two very good choices. You did. I got uh, some things to say about Mr. Hand, I guess. Okay. I mean, oh, Mr. Hand. Who's Mr. Hand? From Fast Times. Fast Times, the, the oh. movie you never watched. I, I I really did watch it, and I'm starting to question a lot of. I don't know. I remember so little from that movie, but I watched it. I like. I didn't. I very purposely do not like look at my phone or do something else while watching these movies, and yet it's gone. So I just gave two examples of amazingly empathetic and loving adults that Andy's about to talk about, Mr. Hand. Mostly just for the iconicness of, I don't know, I feel like whatever I'm going to say now, you're just going to walk all over. Um, I'm sorry, it's just, I'm sorry, it's I'm a sorry. very iconic, memorable, some iconic, memorable stuff. I mean, what, you know, the quote what are you all on dope is pretty famous. I don't know. I feel kind of deflated now. No, 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 Mr. no, Hand, no, no, no don't I can, I can no, go for last, another one. Talk about no, the last fine. scene. Um, talk about the last scene where he, I, no, it's just kind of covers the whole spectrum of experiences. Um, yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, Sam. I mean, in terms of a character that is like, kind of very much connected with the movie and is like forever memorable because of it is Matthew McConaughey's character in Days and Confused. Like technically yeah, an, adult, an adult. <laughs> which is, I mean, the fact that he can be put in that category makes it so, it's so skeezy. And like his great thing about high school girls is 
I keep getting older, but they keep say the same age is a terrifying statement. But I mean, that's his first, I mean, so much of what he has become since then is encapsulated in how he acts in that role, um, which was his first role. And I don't know. I, I personally never really encountered any sort of like older person who liked hanging out with high school kids, thankfully. <laughs> uh, but it's in terms of memorable quote unquote adult characters. I think he's up there. Just just wanted to mention him. Well, I think the, I mean, part of it is just how dated it is, but some of the stuff with Mr. Hand is a lot of teacher wish fulfillment. I mean, you can't, it's very, it's very gratifying, but at the same time, you have to acknowledge that you, like, I've always wanted to, like, I wish I could walk up and down the aisles and just be like, F, F, <laughs> F, <laughs> and like, just like dropping very, you know, jauntily, just like letting the, the test fall where it will. Um, oh, please. I wish we could get a picture of Andy doing that. In our, I wish this was a visual. Um, and the, yeah, obviously the whole him showing up in Spicoli's bedroom, especially during the, like the farewell dance or whatever, and taking up, you know, getting the equivalent time back from him, um, is both obviously a little ridiculous and also heartwarming given how they sort of resolve that by the end of the scene and again wish fulfilling depending on whether or not you have any experience as a teacher i also to back up andy he is such a perfect version of the like cult of personality teacher which is like a type right. that andy and i talk about a lot yeah the teacher that everyone is like that is just so obsessed with the way that everyone thinks of them. Oh, that's what, what, oh, which, what were we watching? Oh my goodness. I'm totally, but with that thinking about categories and things like that, I think we wanted to, yeah. Um, (laughs) He's bugging babes. I'm now of course through these conversations, remembering two other categories that, um, I was workshopping at one point. One of them was like least, like like worst impression of a teacher. And what's the, what movie is the, is the English teacher? Oh, that's what it is. Okay, it's because it's not a movie on it. It was, we recently watched a high school movie, but it wasn't, it's not a movie on this list. And I made the joke, the Netflix movie, um, the half of it. Oh yeah. Where the English teacher is... The mom is Lena Dunham's mom from Girls. Mm, sure. And I just, I mean, we're, you can cut all of this out, but. <laughs> um, Never. It was just one of those classic things where, you know, it's like, hey, like, remember when the teacher said the homework once and as the bell was ringing? <laughs> Uh, I was like, oh, like, don't, don't, oh, like, don't forget everyone. Yeah, yeah. Again. Just five pages, yeah, like, like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, like, five pages on Plato's Symposium Monday. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, those are all over these movies, but. But Mr. Hand is a perfect representation of a cult of personality teacher. Yeah. Cool. And Ben Stein, something of a cliche at this point, but re-watching that through with being prepared for that and thinking about the authenticity of that the ben stein scene's pretty genuine just like oh how God. apathetic the kids are and everything that and almost just his teaching qualities reminded me more of a college professor yeah. than like who's teaching a big because i never had classes that big in high school like oh no no i'm, I'm confusing that with something else I don't, know, I don't think you're thinking about. I'm confusing that with maybe the class that Sloan gets pulled. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The classes Sloan gets pulled out of in that, like, a um, huge. There was that one classroom that looked like that at OPRF. Remember? True. That one room. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really a classroom. You could, like, sign it out. Yeah, cool. the Ben Stein stuff and the way it's shot is very good, especially considering, like, the other two adult, like, the principal. It's just, that's just hard to buy. Let's it's, go. It's weird that they exist in the same universe. To best parent. Best parent. Um, I had two. She gives good parent. Uh, the father who we already discussed, father from Pretty in Pink, Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. I think, echoing a lot of what you said about kind of like people who you are meant and you are meant to like in the movie and that she has positive relationships with also having faults that she recognizes, but does not ruin them for her is a very well, good way of describing why both her older friend and also her father are such great characters. And he is kind of, it'd be so easy to paint him as kind of like this like deadbeat father. Um, But he obviously has so many like genuinely good qualities and his personality is so likable. And once you get the backstory of him kind of just not really being able to get over the death of his wife or the leaving of his wife. She, yeah, she just leaves. I don't believe the, yeah, the dies. The leaving of his wife. Um, do I need to do the whole read for you, Sam? She's not coming back. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, and then the pre- other he's one He's been preparing is that monologue for days. Not necessarily in terms of realistic qualities, but the father in She's All That. Um, Watch us. Careful. That's gonna be, be Andy's. I need to tell you. Um, HDS, the next generation. I, I mean, he his 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 kind of emotionally poignant scene at the end is leaves a little bit to be desired. But the, one of the hardest times I laughed throughout this whole process was when the soccer team comes over to help clean the house. And the whole trope of him answer him just watching Jeopardy in the background and answering everything Watch completely it. wrongly Easy. is so funny. Oh, it's the best. It's so funny. 
And then when the soccer player says, <laughs> when the soccer player says something right, and then he finally realizes that there's other people he doesn't know in his house, he's like, "Who the hell are you?" I laughed so hard. I just found it. That was really exemplified. She's all that working in very well-tread territory, I think. But the script was just kind of off kilter enough to make it interesting in a way that I really enjoyed. Um, and also, I kept wanting to say Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, because he's the that thing you do guy, boss Vic Koss. Pittsburgh. 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 <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> yeah, those were, I think he probably, well, I think Herodine Stanton technically wins it, but I just wanted to steal Andy's thunder and, and describe she saw that dad. No, Andy, Andy, why are you taking Also, in that movie, More a pretty stealing. good scene with Vice President What's-His-Nuts from uh, the West Wing, who's the father of... Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. He kind Freddie of is Prince a one-note a one note father and you blow your relationship ride? is kind of you think that it's just this son and this over overbearing father which it might have been but the father's like no this is like this is your shit you need to deal with it um this is not all on me i think that was kind of an interesting twist in how that relationship and specifically freddie prince jr's character's kind of development as a character is portrayed that I did not expect mm. at all. Yeah, after watching the um, hacky sack emotional poetry, uh, the the is you don't really expect you don't really expect things to get better from there, but they do. <laughs> I liked that movie. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. <laughs> Never let it drop, <laughs> Sam. So you never, you never let it drop, Sam. Never let it drop. <laughs> did you I think uh, Olivia Wilde could have taken a note from Freddie Prince Jr. Sorry, I cried. It's so funny. Yeah, I think Sam covered most of the Kevin Pollock bases. If you're basically just going to be Harry Dean Stanton, also add the Great Jeopardy stuff. It's just so good. And with uh, that, it's, I don't, I guess we never, oh, no, no, I guess we do. I guess we, we see inside Freddie Prince Jr.'s house, but unlike Pretty in Pink, with She's All That, it's like, I guess they're like relatively poor but they're like they're not poor like they've got a fine looking house and as i think he even says in the movie like he owns and operates his own successful business it's just a weird for being like so on the nose a spiritual like retread of pretty and pink so much of it is like wait but like you're fine everything like everything's fine what's what's the big deal here i think i think of it as less of a money thing and more of a social status thing both within the school and 
within society when it comes to she's like pretty in pink is like straight up more money less money east egg west egg rams down your throat this fact constantly that's like the one the one big thing in the movie whereas she's all that is more about like just having your father be like in a profession that just that maybe you don't yeah. want to like tell people about it's a little more shades of gray. And she's uh, internalized so much of this identity more than maybe is even like justified, which I think is kind of the point that the dad's making is like, yeah, you, you say you're this, you don't really need to be this. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, she's I think not, it's not a, it's not some sort of lack of, it's like, a not well done version of Pretty Pink. It's a slightly more nuanced version of Pretty in Pink, I think. Minus the our ducky is like, what if we tried to make duckies in a lab and this is the one that was begging us to kill it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. The duck- and then start and then co-starred in Daredevil a few years later. Yes. Uh, yeah, not a, not an adequate ducky. Uh, we haven't had our we haven't had our ducky discussion, but I think we will. We will. I think it's a. So my best parent is. I can't get that song out of my head when I say best parent. Um, is the up one? No. Uh, from it's it's from Crazy Ex Girlfriend. She gets good parent. Um, is uh, Eugene Levy mm. in. American Pie. And you see his eyes just went like, wow, why not? He's a good dad. He's like probably objectively the best parent. He's loving. He tries to give good advice. He Braved. He is doing his best very earnestly. What's He's, Bless his heart, he's trying. Bless his heart, he's trying. And their last You take Levy over Barinholtz? Well, that... Yes. Because I, mean, I, I don't think... I do love Ike Barinholtz. I think he's good. But I do think that, like, one night of being a good dad does not, like, make up for, like, being pretty shitty. So it's, I was going to pick Barinholtz, but then I'm like, you know what? Barinholtz needs to spend a little bit more time making amends before... Yeah, Bar- but he's Baron up Holtz, there. Yeah, Baron Holtz might be, in terms of like combination acting to like interesting character, but in terms of like qualities as a parent, he's not good. Um, except for this one night. But and even the one night starts well, like showing up in the limo playing the song, mm, dynamite, <laughs> like dynamite. It's just so funny. Uh, it's like not the best move. Also, just like. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of issues with that movie. Anyway. Also, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think also that there's an issue of, like, the idea of, like, like he gets so much credit for, like, just knowing that his daughter was gay, like, as if, like, that gives him points. even So that, like, 
which means like you have to be able to intuit your kid's sexuality to be a good person instead of just being able to like listen to it and hear it and like adapt it. I thought that that was like a little weird. Um, anyway, back to Eugene. Sam, why did your eyes bug out so much when I said that? Like, what's wrong with him? Sam's totally bugging. Totally bugging. Um, I guess he is as good of a parent as a parent can be in as events unfold in that movie. But I think of him as basically like being used by that movie. Um, like he's just not an active participant in what's going on. Hmm. Interesting. I think he's very sweet. I know. I, I, you know, I love Eugene Levy. No, but I, I think specifically the stuff he says is very sweet. And like, I think he does earnestly try to engage in the sex stuff with, with his son. And I guess, I guess I, I, I find it hard to look past his, the message of him as a parent and the overall message of the movie. Mm -hmm. That's my fault. Okay. Can you divorce the overall message of the movie from this scene with the exchange student? Is, is everything else in that movie good except for the scene in The Exchange Student? Not everything else, but that is like the glaring. That's like the Phoebe Cates fantasy sequence of that movie. It's like a except glaring. Except worse. Yeah, obviously worse because it's a crime. Yeah. Um, um, not really because I don't, I don't think it feels that. I mean, it's a what the fuck moment, but it's seems not that crazy for how the characters talk for that to happen in the movie. Like, and that's an issue, you know? Yeah. I just think where the movie ends up with the women that are not considered disposable is good. But it's just the fact that that woman is considered disposable is yeah. bad. Like it's, yeah. it, there's such a, 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 two tier of women in that movie and the cool thing about it is it moves Allison Hannigan up to a valuable full interesting person you know so there's something interesting about what's going on there but yet there's still a tier of disposability yeah which is and the fact that they're like they're like on good terms at the end. I know that's very weird. That even feels worse. It's like you can't just say that and have it be okay. Did, what did we? Yeah, we had our little best parents. Best villain. Are there that many villains? Yeah, I, I mean, there's yeah, the really there's, obvious one. There's two. The correct I choice. Thought. I had that. I had two answers as well. Yeah. Andy, your one was? Well, James Spader. Oh, that's three. Yeah, no. I didn't even think of James Spader. Oh, wow, really? Oh, You're thinking he's like the, so like... bad. No, that's true. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, there's definitely three. The guy with the bad complexion so in um, Greece. <laughs> that was one of my lists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Just ravaged by puberty. <laughs> I know. At 35, no less. You know that that guy was like 40. 
Yeah. Ufta. Ufta. So who so who are the other villains? Regina George. Oh right, right, right. Christian Slater. I said uh Roger Roger Guinevere Smith is Austin Jacobian dope. Oh, see, I was thinking about kids who because, are villains. He's yeah, a good I, villain. He's a great villain because he gets a comeuppance. And not and he gets like the best comeuppance. And not a lot of these movies have involved comeuppance. Come up inside. Getting up hit by a bit. getting hit by a bus is a pretty serious come up. But that's yeah. That's, but, oh, like, I, but that's that considered like that's not her come up. Like she at the end is happy and she like loves being on the um, field hockey team. Like that's not my, my other villain has a comeuppance. So so yeah, that's what my two were: the man with the bad complexion and Roger Godavere Smith and Austin Jacoby. Those are my two villains. Uh, mine yeah, is sorry. uh what's his nuts from 10 things i hate about you the model oh andrew king oh, i'm thinking Donnie. along the same lines with uh um, yeah and he gets the comeuppance of getting stood up and getting kicked in the balls uh, yeah that's a good one it's a good this comeuppance. is for my sister this is for my date and this this is for me it's a good and one. for the for the pitch of the movie he is pitch perfect in his villainousness i think it's kind of a little too on the head a little over the top really hateable i think it's it's a very good performance for the movie as the villain uh, yeah i agree and it's i think a better tone than the spader one yeah spader is much more nefarious and icky yeah 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 like in in a like he's gonna come up in my uh he's gonna come up for me too later on in a in an in a a bad way like most likely to be indicted (laughs) um yeah so so the man with the not so great complexion is named Dennis Stewart, and he's playing a character named Leo. Shout out Dennis Stewart. Oh, it's all love. He died at forty-six. Sad. So for six years after he I was made that movie. I going to say right after they filmed the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, you and I talked a lot about this as we were watching it, and I think this is a John Oliver joke. Or it's, it's, I don't think it's my joke, but the resting lacrosse face of rest in peace to Paul Walker <laughs> in She's All That is resting lacrosse face. a lot to fucking take in. It's just his It voice makes him very hard movie. to read. Like it, 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 the odd thing is it made me really kind of confused by his turn of asking her to prom because he's not emoting at all so i was like wait is this real <laughs> yeah he's like there's like a psychopathic wrestling lacrosse it's face. really weird <laughs> his um, voice is just as bad if not worse for me in that movie just hearing anything he says is challenging shout out, shout out Dulé, Dulé hill Charlie. Charlie. Uh, what uh, is this a good time to talk about dope? Sure. Um, um, yeah, it's not going to come up. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to come up for me again. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. 
it will for me but why don't we do it now um what did y'all think it was really good yeah i was thinking i i don't know if i appreciate or like more kind of a more ensemble high school movie but the fact that Shamik Moore is so good in it and oh his God, character is so, so likable. He has such a punum on him. Well, that's um, where he's going to come in later. But I was oh, thinking, yeah. Yeah, for I was the thinking about that in terms um, of... Yeah. Yeah, he's so good in it. And I really like... Uh, what's her name? Who plays his friend? She's become... She's been in other things since. Oh, I looked up all their names before. Um, right before I can't remember that. I know you're talking, talking Sam. About, I got obviously. you. And yeah, I think that they're it's kind of an interesting friend group. Um, it's kind of a madcap, almost like kind of super bad style, like crazy things happening movie. But it's not. But it has a little bit more direction and 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 things to say than super bad, obviously. Her name is Kiersey Clemens. Yes, she's very good in it. Um, yeah, and and like obviously, for how good of an actor he is, um, Lakeith Stanfield is not used a lot in the movie. Yeah, I'd say maybe but, even underused. But the oh, scene where he, but the scene where he's where Shamik Moore points the gun at him, his yeah. facial expression and facial journey is is the probably the best acting part of the movie you see him like become scared you see him kind of like lose a lot of his his machismo and and kind of realize that not only is this dangerous because Shamik Moore's character has kind of lost control but also kind of an understanding of why he's lost control like the fear and the kind of what's pushing Shamik more that's not how i read that look at all oh really i read that look as like he's at first scared and then he kind of stares him down and then he realized that clearly Shamik more is not gonna shoot him mm. and then he's like but it's okay like because like they shoot him with the shaking hands and the fear in his eyes and he's like, oh, are you, like, the look on his face is like, oh, are you really this kind of guy? And then he looks at him and he realizes he's not this kind of guy. Like, he's not going to do this. But then he doesn't call him on his bluff because he's like, I don't know if it's respect or empathy or what he I think, sees. I think it's kind of like, it's like an understanding of, like, what would have to bring a person like Shamik Moore's character to this yeah. point. There's, like, there's shit going on that I don't understand. Yeah. And but I'm it's gonna, a feeling I'm of gonna, like, I know he's not going to shoot me, but I'm not going to call him on it. Yeah, I think it's a great moment in the movie. Um, yeah. yeah, that's good. And, and the, also, the, I mean, it's a heist. Com- it's a heist movie. It's a heist movie. That's the thing is, it's actually yeah. a heist movie. It's not really like. I mean, the fact that there's a prom at the end feels like almost weird yeah but yeah and i mean what's her name the actress 
Zoe Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz does a very good job as the as the heist movie girl interest. Girl, yeah, the Julie, (laughs) the uh, yeah. I just think it's yeah. Had like Catherine Zeta Jones and Ocean's Twelve vibes. Yeah, I agree that it's good. I also I think that the final comeuppance, like the turn, with the fact that like the whole time it was all going back to Roger Guinevere Smith is so good and that's why I put it in my best villain because I feel like that is so clever and it just like makes the movie so well that he like sort of pulls off this like shakedown um, that's very empowering uh, for him you know what I mean Um, because he's just so anxious and he feels like he's like at everyone else's just like just the whim of everyone else's power and he's like sort of takes some of that power back himself um which is very very cool um the public urination andy and i had a little mini disagreement about like whether that would actually make the news or not um i think for someone that good looking i think they would just because it becomes like voyeuristic okay i thought it wouldn't no, absolutely. It makes the local news. I mean, like local news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't think it would. And if they attach this, news. like, if it becomes a YouTube, like, auto tune thing about the guy with the lily yeah. and the drugs. Yeah. It's a certain. It's a certain mix of circumstances, Rachel. Okay. Any other what did you think of the the final version of his acceptance of his uh, letter? Of his like personal statement thing to Harvard. Thought it was shot very well. Yeah. The scene of it was shot very well. Yeah. I guess the language, if it's maybe, yeah, maybe it's written as as if the high schooler is actually writing it. Like it's simplistic. Yeah, I don't think we're, I think the whole point is we're not supposed to critique it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, the, 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 that shot where he like, you see him looking at those, at the, the letter that tells him that he got into Harvard and he looks up and his face and he's just kind of like processing and he finally gets that little beginnings of a smile. Uh, that's, that's how inception should end. <laughs> Shameek Moore smiling. Shameek Moore getting into Harvard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spider-Man gets into Harvard. And I was just going to say good fast times DNA in there with uh Forrest Whitaker as the narrator. Mm. Mm. Who is also a producer on the movie, I believe. I also really like their band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I like, listened to those songs for a while after I like saw it. Really good. <laughs> yeah. That first Not, one that they do is really good. Yeah. And I think it's also an it's interesting, weird, almost homage to those movies that are set. It's like as close to, as we get to a movie made now set in the 90s high school because they're obsessed with 90s culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you get a bit of that. Um, and it's also funny. It's like when he talks to... Who is the rapper he's talking to who actually knows more about 90s? ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky. Who, who does pretty well in this movie. I thought he was really good. I love Vince Staples as his friend who doesn't understand what Slippery Slope is in the club. Um, 
but he's like you did like these people actually like is like you didn't you don't actually know what you're talking about i thought that was kind of a great kind of like high schoolers thinking they're they're all into and know everything about something and someone who actually lived through it is like you really don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah how he gets it wrong yeah the wrong dates it's like there's actually just like 90s. little moments of it that are very sweet like when his mom picks him up on the bus oh. and is like oh, i'll take you home it just breaks my heart she's a good parent i should have put her down for a great parent i don't know why i was thinking about dads because there's not that many moms in this she's a good one honorable mention for best parent very very like for the short amount of time she's in the movie Pepsi. she shows a very i'll take you home yeah it's the end of my shit. Very sweet. Okay. Um, so our last of the genre-specific group of categories is least like a high school student. We already went through... Um, the villain from Greece. I was going to say, oh, yeah, he's we, not we even did, the least. He's, the, but he is not. He's not. He's not even list. in in Greece. The least like no, the high school. For student. sure. I mean, like everyone else in Greece. <laughs> yeah, I wrote Putsy. down anyone not named Olivia Newton-John or Diana Manoff. <laughs> but Putsy is the big one. Is it? Yeah. Putsy or is it a? a trying to. Putsy is the the big one. That's the oldest. Like with like the receding hairline. Putsy and Sunny yeah. <laughs> both have receding hairlines, but yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not Putsy. I mean, it's, it's basically everyone in that movie. Oh, am I thinking of Sunny? You're thinking of Sunny, yeah. Yes, I am thinking of Sunny. It's Sunny. Hold on. Oh, yeah, he's so <laughs> old looking. Uh, um. I mean, Michael everyone, Tucci. even Olivia Newton-John, you said everyone but, but even Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, I think way. it's really just Dinah Manoff who is, who is like r- remotely close to being, yeah. Oh my God. Let's <laughs> see. I also put chin up, other chin up guy. So Putsy was actually 30, or Sunny, Sunny was actually 32. Yeah, <laughs> he was actually twice There's the age just, of a high school student. So little respect for high school movies, <laughs> you know? It's like that's insane. Thirty-two. Um, so twice yeah, the basically age everyone from student. Greece. Uh, it's so remarkable. I think in terms of the more modern movies, I think uh, Regina George as played by Rachel McAdams. Oh, yeah, especially since yeah, we were talking about this. The following year, she's the love interest in Wedding Crashers. Yeah, yeah it's... And I she's think even... She's a junior in high school. Relative to the yeah. other characters and actors, is she older or am I am I wrong? I think she is. Um, so, like, imagine Meg Ryan a year before when Harry met Sally playing a junior in high school. yeah. That's wild. Um, yeah, I also had. Come on, chin up guy. Other chin up guy. Who? What? What, what the yeah, fuck what are you is talking that? about? 
I said the other chimp guy in 16 Candles. When they're doing the chin-ups or the pull-ups, whatever you want to call them. Oh, I kind of know what you're talking talks about. He talks about wanting how Jake should want a girl who can party serious. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Even Jake Ryan it looks yeah. old. Yeah, but not as old as I think the guys in American Pie did. Which guys? In American Pie? I think Pie. the main character, Eugene Levy's son, and the really? asshole asshole. The asshole asshole. What's Your asshole. Name? Sean William Scott. Yeah, Sean William Scott definitely does not look like a high school person. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I actually thought that... the rest of them do, because Chris Klein was... No, I think the rest of them aren't terrible. Although I think those two. And uh, Rookie of the Year person. Yeah, Rookie of the Year. <laughs> he looks so old compared to how he does in Rookie of the Year that... It, it, I find it hard to believe that he's in high school. Um, Rachel, did you have, did you say yours? Yeah, it's um, Sonny from Greece. Sonny from Greece. Are we good on that then? Yeah. Uh, we are on to superlatives. Uh, yearbook superlative specifically and the first one of those is best car if we don't all have the same answer for this one i will be very shocked this is another one too where it's like well it's one of three cars right yes and and only one of them is a combination character slash like plot device slash taco bell Slash combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Um, okay, I'm going to say my answer because it's actually kind of specific. It's the Grease Lightning car, but not the real life one, the fantasy the one from the one. song. With the, with the, with the like, see through like, motor cover. Yeah, got it. That's the best car. That's oh, not mine. It's so good. The see through thing with the red. And it looks so sharp against the all-white background. And when the engine's coming down. It's a real pussy wagon. <laughs> Not the part I heard on cable television. Thank you very much. That's my, that's my pick for best car. Andy? Uh, Brad Hamilton's car. That's a good car. Specifically how it looks to... Uh... Raised on the radio, playing in the on the soundtrack. What are we talking about? There's this movie from 1982 <laughs> called Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Judge Reinhold's yeah. character, Brad Hamilton, has. Oh, oh, okay. For the superlatives, I'll be referring <laughs> to people as their character names, like the yearbook would. So, best card, Brad Hamilton. I don't, I'm going to look it up. I don't even know what kind of car it's it is. It's a 1960 Mine. Buick LeSabre. We, we all have three different choices. Ooh. It's a 1960 Buick LeSabre, in case you wanted to know. Because mine is Cameron's father's car in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's a good one. Um, I mean, it's, it's Ferrari. Like, I'm not a big car person, so I don't, I, I, it looks cool. It's red. Um, but it's really about its role in the movie as kind of 
being a stand-in for his father. Um, and like the Star Wars scene, it flying over the camera. Uh, it's just a very iconic car, I think. Great car. Agreed. What do you love? Cameron's dad's car? What do you love? Oh, yeah, that. Nah, Sam, okay. she's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just didn't say it. With the, you needed the intonation. You needed a little hood. Oh, you would, be making, you would be making cunnilingus faces at me for the next <laughs> 20 minutes if I did my... Uh, What's my give me an example of my cunnilingus face. Oh, that one. Yeah. Um, there's no P in that. Yeah, but I'd be hitting She's some not coming. <laughs> okay, best smile. Mine are Spider-Man and the Joker. Oh, cute. Yeah, mine's Patrick Verona, obviously. Oh, okay. I was thinking, is that like a Christian Slater joke? <laughs> <laughs> It could be. No, it's it's uh what's his name? Out of Patrick Ferona. No, uh Spider Man's. Shamik Moore. No, the, Malcolm, the actual character. Malcolm. Malcolm, yeah. Um I mean the the la- I mean we talked about it already, this the last scene where he just kinda like this smile and also his scenes with uh Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. He's just got such an intimate little smile. But the Patrick Verona kind of, you get less of it and therefore it's more precious. Uh, he's so good in that movie. The dimples are out of control. He's so the scene, I mean, like Andy, every time we watch it, I freak out. But where they're doing the paintball... And he like lays her down and throws off his little paintball goggles and he has a big old smile on his face. It's just, I mean, I don't see how you don't just melt. I swear to God. Uh-huh. It's so good. He is so good looking in that movie. His face is just too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> I mean, we haven't gone, we haven't done a di- deep dive into 10 Things I Hate About You. He, I don't think the rest of it is not, not a not good movie without him. But he pushes that movie multiple steps, I think. Um, because that character is so important. Like the, and he's so believably the misunderstood bad boy, you know? Yeah. Maybe, yeah, they, even, maybe even more so in hindsight. They just like really both just don't care what other people think. And that's just like, it's just very honest. And he like the way he falls for her just seems so much so real, especially, I mean, Pour one out to Freddie Prince Jr. I'm glad he's doing well. I'm glad he's making his Star Wars money. But, I mean, they both have to do fairly similar things, Freddie Prince Jr. And um, why are you giving me a face? What's his Star Wars money? He's, he's in, the um, voice of uh, one of the main characters in the show, Rebels. Oh. Uh, 
And also, uh, he's one of the voices in the Rise of Skywalker at the end. He's also getting that Scooby-Doo money. Yeah, I'm glad he's getting his money. I have lots of respect. He's also but getting they, that I Know What You Did Last Summer money. But he, at, but I mean, they both have similar jobs to do and that they have to like get into something for the wrong reasons, but then like fall for somebody and be very believable in falling for somebody. And oh my God, Heath Ledger's just so much better at it. He's so yeah. good at it. What? And the last scene, like he doesn't do like a big proclamation. He just says like, oh man, there's this girl I sort of fell for. I like, like took her on a date for a bet, but I sort of fell for her. And like, it's just so, it's like not overwritten. Like not, not every time, like you can't, like every time it's going to have to be like, there's a bass, the drum yeah, set. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, the bass, the drums. Oh my God. It's so perfect. It's, yeah. I still think like, I don't. It is by far the most romantic, like, in the rom-com, uh, the, of prom-com, it's like, you can't deny it. And it's just so swoony. So that's my pick. I also really like the kind of, the B story, the Shakespeare, weird Shakespeare nod B story where her friend is obsessed with Shakespeare and he, like, does all this stuff to ask her out to prom yeah. What's his name? <laughs> David. David Crumholtz. David. I also Krumholtz. like that the Bianca character turns out to be a lot meatier than you think. That like when um, Kat is like divulging like like Joey is an asshole. She, Bianca is like, you should let me figure this stuff out for myself. Like you can't just protect me. Like I can handle it. I'm not a baby. Like let me be not a baby. And I was like, oh, that's such a cool character thing that you don't expect. And that's very well done. The Who knocked up your sister? <laughs> what? That's when she has to wear the Heath belly. Ledger's line. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, in terms of like how to adapt a thoroughly modern dated maybe the most kind of dated problematic problematic Shakespeare play in Taming of the Shrew. The way they wrote the father figure as like a gynecologist kind of makes it at least understandable why he's so protective of his girls, if not acceptable, you know? Yeah, I mean, I it think comes that, at a, like specifically from an impregnation standpoint, but there, obviously it manifests itself in many other ways. Yeah, there's a world in which they just sort of wrote him as like a as a grieving dad who doesn't want his kids to grow up. That is like a little bit more believable. That's true. That's you know true. what I mean? It's just kind of weird that they like doubled down on like the "I really don't want you to get pregnant" vibe. But then you wouldn't um, get the pregnancy belly. Yeah, you need the belly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we all, we have to say though, that that's, that, that this is not the first kiss or the first adaptation of this, that Kiss Me Kate paved the Mm. way for, uh, that Cole Porter paved the way for what, uh, Heath Ledger would eventually perfect. Was, does it count if, if a character, if a actor is in two movies in the same genre? Gabrielle Union? You mean as a count? As, as being in the universe. What's yeah. Gabrielle Union's other one? Oh, wait. Is she, is she in? She's all that? 
she's all that. Yeah, she is because she's, she's like way too old. Because she's like 30. No, she's, yeah, because she's like 37 in that. Oh yeah. my God. And, but she's like the nicer of the friends who actually is nice to. Yeah. Yeah. What's her name? And she's also not in initiating, on, which them. I think should be on the list, but we don't need to talk about it. What? I'm, I feel a little bad that Bring It On isn't on the list. Oh, okay. Well, I'll allow you to feel bad about that. Okay. She's also turns out to be a villain in 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, I feel like that's a weird turn. It is a weird turn. But I believe it. I mean, like, I think she pulls it off, but just sort of unexpected and not entirely, like, doesn't feel like it's entirely played out, but that's okay. Um, Andy, who's your best smile? Uh, I forgot his last name. Uh, Leroy Preach Jackson. Who's that? Leroy Preach Jackson. Preach. Oh, oh Preach. Priest. I heard priest and I oh. was confused. Um, Who would yes, later become the mayor in yeah, First yeah, Mayor in the Wire. He, he looks so similar. <laughs> oh, Preach. He is, oh, later marry so uh, Aretha Franklin. Most likely to marry Aretha Franklin. In real life. Six years. Yeah. A couple Good years after him. the film. Way to bat above your average. Um, he, yeah, you know, he's great. He's so good. Yeah. He has such an amazing expressive face. Yeah. He yeah. Has such a good face. Priest. Such a great nickname. Preach. Too. Now you said preach. Priest. Shit. Now I know. It's because <laughs> you did. To you have it in my head. No, you priest. have it in my head. <laughs> preach. Best preach smile. Best, best nickname like best like your mom joke in the beginning <laughs> i'm so glad we added that one later their on. love scene is very sweet too it's like a very tender yeah you don't scene. get yeah. that many like playful parts of a love oh scene. yeah where he like is she's like He's go get like, my underwear and he like does like, like fake going under yeah thing. that's so so much. sweet yeah Ugh. And even like the speech at the end, not I'm not going to spoil anything. But he gives. I guess we already anything. did. We already said. We already oh yeah, said. yeah, yeah. He dies. <laughs> but the speech over Khalees's grade, he like does. You expect him to really break down, but he doesn't. And there's a certain just like strength to him at the end that you can just see because he's just a lot more emotionally fragile at the beginning of the movie. But like. And when he gives the smile to the kid in the car who's driving away, what's the name of the kid who's driving Pooter. away? Pooter? Pooter? I think his nickname is Pooter. 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 No, okay. it's Poot. Um, yeah, when he gives a little smile to him, oh, it's a good one. I love him too. It's also Cochise, not Khaleesi. Khalees. No, she just said Khalees. I know, I didn't say, oh, did I? It's Cochise. Cochise. I'm sorry, Cochise. Um. Yeah, it's a great smile. Uh, next category is best dressed. Oh yeah, I had a like a funny runner-up Connor from Block Blockers because of the picture that really sticks in John Cena's craw, like that like grin smirk. Since we're talking <laughs> technically about smiles. 
<laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> Smirking at me. Um, Best dressed. Ducky because he did it before. Justice for Ducky. He, he was he was Ferris before Ferris. I appreciate that. Ducky has great clothes. And we- his singing scene, where he's singing around the record shop. What is he singing to? Otis Redding. Is why is that not more? I feel like I should I should have heard about that more. Gotta watch I Love the Eighties, bro. I get, I have, what, what do you mean? How I watched the I Love the Eighties? Of course, I've watched I Love the Eighties. It's featured in that. Yeah, he, that's such a lovely scene. He really doesn't. He he just like deserves a better world than the world of that movie. Another interesting thing in the Molly Ringwald article was that apparently he was based on her best friend who or one of her friends who she's still friends with to this day who she who worked on the set who later I think later came out as gay so she I think mostly kind of after the fact has thought of him as maybe that character ducky being gay but i don't necessarily believe that i know i feel like that's like an out for that movie it is for how that ends because fuck what's his name also ducky does have like too much of a tantrum like he is wrong at the like he's not perfect like he does when he sort of says like forget you for you know whatever that is like the incorrect thing to do um just because she doesn't want to be with him romantically but yeah, I mean, his prom look is maybe three thousand times better than hers. Yeah, her prom look is uh, weird. I really don't. Why like does it look like a cup? I don't. I don't really know. I don't. It's really <laughs> what a is bummer. the shape? It's a bummer that that's what she does with that dress. I don't mind the neck part of it, and no, kind the neck of part the way she cute. uses the, the lace high and the neck. collar. Yeah, no, that's but cute. The rest of it has negative shape to it somehow um my nominee for best dress i feel like i'm the only one who puts anything from greece on this list yeah is frenchy from greece she always looks cute she and this includes hair like the pink hair is so cute her prom look is fabulous i just love the clothes in that movie in general i just think like just all those little like 50 snatch waists are so cute and she's the only one who does it with like real pizzazz. Uh, she has an adorable yellow dress. Um, her scene thing at the carnival is just very cute clothing. And this is like not like a we don't really need to do like a deep dive on Frenchie right now. Um, she just always dresses great, very cute. Did I get them mixed up? Am I talking about Frenchie? I think you meant Sunny. No, no. Frenchie's the one who wears the wigs. Yeah. Okay. She's the Frenchie's she's the beauty, beauty school, school dropout. dropout. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. Good. Good. What the such a weird ass song. Whoa. I don't remember. Weird. That song Whoa. I don't That's remember that song at all from watching best the movie. Song. There wow. were huge chunks of Greece that I feel like I've never seen before, even though I've seen the movie multiple times before. Oh my god. 
It, but I, how, it was weird because I, they're I all had no dressed up in the like how all of the other people are the backup and like yeah, to watch that was Stacker, very funny. To watch like Stacker Channing like sort of also is Rizzo like do the like backup dancer vibe. It's great. Teenage Journey, yeah. well, Frenchie's um, Andy. Uh, someone we've talked about already, but in a different superlative, I have Malcolm Adekanvi. Oh, yeah, he looks a lot better in his jean jacket than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to, we, I have to mention Cher. Yeah, from, I, I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna pick Cher because someone else is gonna pick Cher, so I picked Frenchie. But I no, think no I pick share. I pick share over Ducky. Share is my actual pick. Um, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of waiting for someone else to pick her. Me too. I was like, everyone's gonna say share. So the breadth of costume that she has, like the and and I mean also the fact that she her um, computer program or like the pickup outfit thing where she just like chooses. Uh, for tops and bottoms. Yeah. She has a trust mirrors. She has a Polaroids. Um, so good. She, she also, it's all very well styled because it's all in Tim Gunn's words, a lot of look. Um, like there, it's a lot, like a lot of those dresses, outfits are a lot like of print and patterns. a lot, a yeah. lot, a lot. But because she always has like very minimal makeup and her hair is always very minimally styled, it works, um, which is funny because like that's the difference between her and like Amber, and mm-hmm. like who like are who are always doing the most. She's always doing the most with her make her hair and makeup. And the one so. time she does have more stuff doing with her makeup is the more simple, well little, like bright little red, dress. little red dress. Yeah, it's very well done. Best outfit? Would you just say the yellow plaid? The yellow plaid. I mean, it is because it's it's origin in the movie on the computer screen. I feel like I remember it the most because that's like it's iconic. It's iconic. Um, the jazzer size getup that her and uh, mm. Dion Dion have. No. Wait, no, 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 no. You're not taking the the jazzer size when they're doing like their. Um, yeah, um, with her oh, and Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy, yeah. yeah. Um, very 90s. Very 80s, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. And her, like, gym uniform with that's, like, an oversized white T-shirt with, like, just a tank top on top. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, but the yellow thing is by far the most... Iconic. Cool, cool, cool. Um, class clown. This one I actually had trouble with. Does it have to be a kid? What? Yeah. Because I think that the funniest person in all these movies is John Cena and Bloggers. No. He's not in I- class. I well, you have to I be in class that. to be a class clown. It's not allowed. Okay. I think it has to be someone who. And this is a teen comedy movie. It has to be one of the teens, because it's, it's it's a yearbook thing. It has to be someone who went to a school. Your 
suggestion is noted. He is funny. The butt chugging, great scene. <laughs> I love that movie. Is it? Oh, is this the right time to talk about blockers? Sure. Is it a teen comedy? Why wouldn't it be? Because it's about the parents. Oh, I see. Yeah. There's so, and there's really no sense of. I, if it was about the kids and there was not a lot of time spent in the high school or about the other classmates in high school, that'd be one thing. But it's about the parents and you really don't get a sense of the high school at all. That's fair. Also, yeah. Also, most of the good parts are the parents, I guess. But that doesn't make it a te- not a teen comedy. Yeah, that is a good point. That's something that's crossed my mind a few times in the last few weeks. I feel like it has enough of the DNA in it to to qualify. But yeah, all the stuff that you, everything that sticks out, everything that you remember from it, or that everything that I appreciate about it is all the parental stuff. Yeah, it's it's a little a lot of the 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 of the girls stuff is a little too easy. Yeah, I agree that some of their stuff doesn't seem quite so er- like they have they go less far emotionally and it doesn't quite seem like there's enough propelling them even for that short distance. Um and also yeah, I was it Andy or Sam that was talking about how sort of forced not forced but weird those early discussions they have about sex are like when they're like we're doing this tonight like that whole the sex either andy or you it might have been you i don't think it was me i think it was andy um i mentioned it earlier maybe forced isn't the best word but just yeah very one-dimensional and american pie yeah to the next yeah Yeah, and also as if they never talked about it before. We will get laid. (laughs) That was the weird thing about it is it's like, but like in comparing it to, um, you know, other movies, it was as if these three best friends had never talked about sex before or wanting to have sex. Yeah, especially the John Cena's daughter. It's like, she's like, oh, sex. Like that's like, it's like this. Oh yeah, I guess I have to do that. Oh, yeah. Which is very weird. Like, of course they've talked about this. Before. And while it's, it's, it's nice to have someone in the group who th- thinks about it as less of a deal, you know? They would know that about her already. That was the yeah. weird thing. It's like, if they're this close, they know, the, they know things about each other. So there's a certain kind of like, yeah, I, I agree. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the parents are good. I especially liked uh, John Cena's wife was very funny like they played off each other and when they steal the her her confronting of leslie mann i think was interesting and leslie mann just not having an answer at that point for why it's different you know why it's why she's like it's like she's talking about how she well like being sex positive and not controlling your daughter and she's like well it's different (laughs) and i think that's kind of like a good show of the hypocrisy and she finally realizes it also them going into the, I mean like so many times they 
transgressed the like the normal and like okay boundaries for parenting but going into the individual hotel rooms in the in the hotel at the end and the girls like being okay with it so quickly yeah is nuts that is pretty nuts yeah like it's yeah. one thing to have them go in but it's another thing to not wait like a day for the like oh the girls to be like oh uh like i forgive you no it's like within minutes that does not get me yeah it does not oh. get me that does not get me. Okay, so I have a real nominee then for Class Clown. It's Gretchen Wieners in Mean Girls. Class Clown? She's the funniest character. Like, not intentionally, but she's the funniest one. I laugh the most when Gretchen Wieners says things. What? That was my skull. Would they, would they be voted for Class Clown? Though? Would she be voted for Class Clown? Yeah. What? Oh, you guys, just say yours, because clearly I don't get this. Mine, one of mine was Ducky. Um, I, I did have trouble with this one. So right, I'm not saying, like, I know exactly what I was going to say, but I had trouble because, I guess, the boundaries I put on it. Um, I think Ducky, he's just, like, the over the... Not necessarily someone I laughed at the most, but just kind of, like, the over-the-top like takes things to the nth degree, always shouting and yelling and kind of like doesn't really give a shit about uh, like how people see him that much, you know? If we're going by how people would actually be voted, like Sean William Scott would be class clown or something like that. Like that's who gets voted in high school. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to pick him. (laughs) I don't. <laughs> that was great. I couldn't have planned that any better. <laughs> and then my second one was Ferris. For class clown. For class clown. Yeah. And that's more in the, whatever the fuck his name is in in. Uh, but I don't think that the most popular guy. But I think he's a class clown. He like gets away with shit. He's yeah i don't know i i i I had trouble with this one and jeff spicoli jeff spicoli that was my skull Mm. yeah Yeah, i know that dude and it's the most subtle moments you know it's not the ordering the pizza to the classroom i just i love when he's when he's being processed by mr han on that first day and he's just like hey i know that dude Yeah, I forgot about him because I forgot about that movie. Um, oh, best couple. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez. I'm sorry. So how this will work is I'll say a sentence about each of my picks. And um, did I have another? Oh, wait. What? What? How does that what work? Never mind. Um, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. What did you have for best for for class clown? Oh, I said Spicoli. So, oh, so. There, there was another nugget I would have shared, but I'd have to Google the names and whatnot. I don't know the full quote, but there's some there's some pretty classic stuff in Days and Confused. I mean, like half of them are 
class clown archetypes in Days and Confused. That's like, true. Clearly That's channeling true. Spicoli guy, the guy in the It's funny like, that we haven't talked about Days and Confused yet. Who um Yeah, like just like the guy doing the like the stoner voice throughout all of Days and Confused yeah. with the long hair who What's his name? Um something E. Something E? Like skeezy, but not skeezy. I think he is skeezy. Oh, oh. Looking it up. Looking it up. Um, best couple. So for me, I think the like best couple that mm-hmm. kind of like wins best couple, or I think would win the best couple in like a yearbook set- sense, are ones that kind of like cross social boundaries. Like yeah. the unlikely couple that stayed together for the longest or like the surprising one that everyone yeah. liked. So I think it's say anything. Uh, Ionski and... Uh, Ionski and... Uh, <laughs> John Cusack. John Cusack. Um, they, it's, there's something so kind of like serious and very like caring about their relationship. And I get that at that point, like it doesn't work because they didn't get together until very late, but there's like a real tenderness to their love that yeah, I feel like I is, diff- is very different from the other one. That, um, very tender. And that's such a great example of what we talked about of a, of a movie treating their love story as seriously as high schoolers treat a relationship, you know? Yes. And not making fun of them talking about being together. Like there's no condescension towards how serious they are about each other and how serious Mm -hmm. they take up their breakup and everything. Like him taping himself in the car. Like it's all just drama to the nth degree. Yeah. And it all works because that's how you, you think about that. You think about your breakups in high school as if mm. that's like, this is the end all be all of breakups. And I think John Cusack, especially in that movie, as he will again in High Fidelity, kind of pushes so much emotion into, into the breakup. And despite the fact that they'll probably split up in maybe three months in London, um, you know, that's like it, you you see them on that plane, and you're like, "Don't do it! This is not gonna yeah. end well." You're this not is gonna a, be a reference back to the rom com. Who would who would last the longest? Who would who would break up the quickest? <laughs> most likely oh to break up. God. It's those two. It's like I don't even know if it's most like fastest, but she's like, it's gonna be the worst break. It's gonna be the worst one. Oh, it's gonna be so protracted. Uh, but yeah, that's my that's my best couple. My best couple, I actually feel good about this one because I really feel like, especially in this day and age, this is what would get voted. It's Seth and Evan from Superbad. I oh, feel good. like that's what that's what would happen. Like it's also the most accurate because I do think like th- these days, like people feel a little bit weird, like earnest couple, like you know, there's like, this irony about teendom now. And there's, you know, like, especially at the time where this was done was like the height of bromance times. Um, 
and they're just so loving with each other and it is a relationship movie about them and i love that there's a real like we were talking about how like couples in teen movies there's a sense of like are we you know they don't really talk about like forever but with the friends sometimes they do and this is like yeah this is a test of like are we going to be friends forever and you know they and there's the question of like what are you going to do like someone asks them innocuously like what are you going to do after college when you're not together and they're like why well, well, i don't i don't i know I don't like know. they hadn't <laughs> talked about it yet um they're like they're like in like the whole movie is like a testament to just like a lack of communication in an old relationship which is like a very like well trod territory that they just had like a communication breakdown essentially and are just having a hard time like reassuring each other that they're safe and comfortable and like at the end of it they sort of go on their separate ways with their separate like ladies but they know that there's like a foundation that's very strong that string between them a little boop the Uh, yeah there are a lot of parts of the movie that are not great yeah i mean most of the mclovin and the cop stuff is pretty bad yeah although as as we discussed earlier it is one of the less charitable versions of cops in terms of how performing their jobs of any movie yeah (laughs) even though the cops themselves are pretty likable um yeah that scene where they both like just like say i love you at the end of the sleepover as someone who like like just doesn't say that enough in general i think is such like kind of a revelatory scene and makes the whole movie worth it i think like that's what the movie as you said rachel like that's what the movie is about it's about their friendship and them getting to a place to realizing how important and how great their friendship is and specifically like getting through the sort of pitter-patter bullshit of the way that they talk to each other to be able to like really tell each other that you're safe we're we're good yeah like, and he says, like, I don't know why I've never said that to you before. Like, that's. It's really good. It's really I love good. them together. Like, they're just such a good team. Any other thoughts on Seth and Evan, Andy? Uh, I guess this is probably our time to talk about Superbad. Or it has been our time to talk about Superbad. Um not a huge fan it's kind of a tough sit to be honest for me i mean the the cop stuff is just so stupid and so overwrought and just like frankly so unbelievable like so much of that movie is i just find so unbelievable in just like not even like i just don't want to give myself over to the disbelief of it um yeah, it's not worth the suspension of disbelief. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I... I was more of a... In the context of the 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 release of the film, I was obviously really into Jonah Hill and, and, and his character. Michael Sarah. I just find so grating, at least in this movie. 
just not about a his big Michael Sarah fan when he's at singing. All. I love that scene so much when they make him sing. That was one of. I love that scene. That was a big. We talked about. Um, when did we do stupid pills? Was oh, in our rom coms? No, stupid pills. No, we've never no, done stupid pills. That, that's in our podcast. Yeah. No, I know. No, I. But we like explained it to Sam we once or something. Oh, okay. oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In in, um, our, in our process for creating this podcast, we talked about like different categories, and one of them was stupid pills. Yeah, that was a huge stupid pills moment for me. I remember when that when that came out and was really gaining steam was the hymn that singing these eyes. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't work on me at all. Also the, I mean, not to get too into the weeds, but that was a, that was circling my, my what the fuck awardees just the whole, like there's, there's no way. I mean, these guys immediately kick them out of the party. I mean, maybe yeah. it's just that they're too intoxicated or too distracted, but they're in that party for about three minutes until they're just, you know, summarily removed by by somebody. Um, and the whole Joe Latruglios, I just, I don't know. I just, it's just not a big fan. <laughs> There's a few, like, nah, I'm, in it, I'm in it for the two collective minutes of, of the Jonah Hill lines. Um. The first 20 minutes hard. of the movie are great. I think the beginning of the movie is amazing. Yeah. You have and to that's get where most, the most of those lines or any of, yeah, I don't think the stuff in the, the Rogan cooking class. Yeah. 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 I think that, yeah, I think it's kind of a beginning and end movie. I'd say I like the, I like the last couple scenes. I think it also strikes a pretty interesting counterweight to a lot of how like, um, in sobriety and about like drinking and sex is treated in in teen movies in the fact that like Michael Sarah's character is talking they're both talking about having sex constantly and Michael Sarah's character when she finally is like I want to have sex with you is like I, I th- I'm too drunk for this like this doesn't feel right and then um Emma Stone's character is like you're like you're drunk I am not at all drunk and this is not happening for that reason Emma Stone's character is kind of a what the fuck moment she has a weird because she's just too perfect like she there's nothing like oh she's super smart she's super funny she's super hot but she doesn't know it yet I have air quotes around that because that's dumb and she doesn't drink so she's like you know in the eyes of the movie like morally perfect but she has super fun parties at her house she's also so chill and she's in a Jonah Hill like it's just too it's so schlocked on um and yeah I also think that though that that is something like the exploration of like the intersection between drinking and sex I think is much more like teased out and super bad. And that's kind of a, the, like this gets me things. I, I feel like people, those are conversations that were really being had around that age for me of like, you know, like a lot of, you know, very progressive seeming people would talk about getting drunk so that they were comfortable enough to hook up because they just felt awkward. And you just watch that spiral out in all these With really Michael bad Sarah ways. And, yeah. 
Um, so I thought that that's like effective. Actually, yeah, the fact like that like that. Michael Sarah, like the was it Becca's friend, tells him that like it's 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 fine. Like she's he's like she's like way too drunk. Isn't that bad? And, and she's like, oh, it's fine if you're drunk too. And he like yeah. starts to do that, and then it's that like when relatable. it's actually happening, he's like, this like isn't how I thought about it. Like this is. Yeah, and the idea that, like, they're they're not – he's not getting drunk because he's, like, evil or anything. He he just is really awkward and uncomfortable, and they both kind of are, and that – Yeah, she seems like she was also probably over-drinking because this was her goal, and she was just trying to, like, ramp herself up. Yeah, and that feels authentic and well-explored. But I agree with Andy that a lot of the stuff that's supposed to be funny – feels like it was very funny to watch like you're probably on set and a director is like you know i like i don't know we've all been in middle school theater where like you think that the thing that you're doing is hilarious because at the time it's like getting laughs but it's not that funny like the joe latrulio stuff feels like that where, like, oh yeah he's, it feels and where, like, I, I love a, him in brooklyn 99 like i find him very funny in other scenarios where, like like clearly like everyone on set was cracking up but no one like stepped back and was like with the voice cracking or whatever and was like is this actually doing anything for our movie yeah a lot of the adult most of the things in the adult party were not that funny basically it was like first 20 minutes last 20 minutes yeah i agree okay who was that even that was best couple because Andy couple. says his Andy best hasn't couple, said yeah. his best couple. I don't think. Um, I mine was the same as Sam, which we already talked about. So Diane Court and Lloyd Dobler. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I have this all the same conclusions. Really, they would break up pretty quickly. I think the only reason they were together in the first place is she was just so uninitiated to like pure romance because she was so tied up in, in school and taking, doesn't she take like PSEO classes basically? And she's not even like that entrenched in school. Yeah. And this is like the first guy that is asking her out. And once she uh, sees that she's a pretty once hot commodity. Once she meets Andy Schmidt, think she's she'll gonna change her mind. Drop him like a sack of potatoes pretty quickly, unfortunately. I own Sky. Ionsky. <laughs> so, uh, um, I had as a as a runner up. Sorry, I had a. Uh, I don't know. I keep using their character names, and then you guys like scoff at me, and then I have to. I'm sorry, I'm and sorry. Say, no, it's fine. I yeah. I, I um, think it's because we just, we're. I just. I have no memory for this kind of shit. Yeah, so. it's just that we're not paying attention very well, so we feel dumb. Paying attention to what? We weren't paying attention to character names that well. Like, like they're not really in our brains, so we, so we miss them. So that's all. Who, who was your runner-up? Um, Beanie Feldstein and the guy that they didn't even give a last name. I don't know the actually. I only know his character name, Jared. Jared he doesn't have a last name in the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's sweet, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> As a runner-up, I appropriately don't have too much to say about it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that was going to be my one recognition of books. Weren't. I guess. It. Should we talk about say anything now? Sure. 
what did anyone have any burning things to talk about it or am i forcing this i don't really have a burning thing i mean i think it's a fine movie i don't think it's that like life-changing but what do you i think i talked to you this talk to you about this off air what have you what do you think about it as a prequel to his role in high fidelity john cusack's role in high fidelity I haven't seen it since it came out on DVD like 20 years ago. I can just picture him like coming a bad breakup in London and coming back and living in Chicago somehow and being very disinterested with the world and the, and also distrusting of women. Yeah, I see that. I think the dad stuff in it is just so weird. And I and you from this podcast, you know we love him. We love John Mahoney. We love oh, John yeah. Mahoney. His star and he's, he does as good as what he is can with what he's given, but it's it kind of it's hard to pin down why, at least for me, why it's so weird. I mean, I think that one reason why it's weird is that we just have very little framework for, like, how to think about, like, white-collar crime. Uh, like, you know what I mean? And just, like, I just think that there's just not a lot of discussion of that in our society. And, you know, it so rarely comes to anything. And, you know, when it does, it's like Martha Stewart or I don't know. Like, it's just, it's very odd. But at the same time, it's not white collar crime. Like, it is, but it just feels much more directly that he's ripping off people. Like, it's, I think that there's a real progressive message in it. It just doesn't quite land. I think it's largely sort of our fault, but. I also, I also, maybe this was my lack of paying attention. I wasn't fully clear on exactly what he was doing. Like, I know he was stealing money and objects from people or just objects from people and I think money them. too money. money and the object the reason why he had the objects is because he just couldn't have cash on hand so he bought a lot of things hmm. he was right there was like older people he would basically like that were like in their last whatever and he would just sort of shake them down right mm-hmm. wow it's weird when you think about the conception of it like i to me it's less weird as you're watching it on screen but it's it's just weirder when you're like so james l brooks and cameron crow thought <laughs> what yeah. if he was committing some type of insurance fraud or whatever fraud and that would be the you know the pivotal tension between the two of them just I don't know, connecting all of those dots in the writing phase just seems so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, I the scene, the jail or the prison yard scene, I think is an interest and a, and a well done one where it's just John Cusack and him. And it's really there. They, they do a little, I think they, they are very good together. Like there's the little thing when he first comes to the house and John Cusack is explaining what he wants to do with his life. Um, but also John Cusack in that prison yard scene where he's like, like having him read the letter and, and they're trying to figure out 
what she meant by it, by how she ended it and um, how there's, it doesn't really have a tied up bow on the relationship. It's just kind of like everyone's still mad and, and he still doesn't accept their relationship. And so that was, that was interesting and well done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the best parts of that movie are like just the tender, loving, like their sex scenes really good and all that I, stuff. I I love his his friendship. I also like, I think I should have done the, this gets me like his friendship with and like platonic friendship with women. It's something that like very rarely happens in these teen comedies of people of like the male but, characters actually being friends. But with she's also into him, right? Which one? The redhead. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's not completely platonic. But at least throughout the movie, like, like that's more unsaid and can be read into it more. But she's also just got emotions flying everywhere. Like, if some of them stick to him, it's not that important, you know? Yeah. That's another one too that it doesn't it's sort of on the fence between is it a teen or is it like a high school movie since there's really not that much high school in it. Yeah. Um I I I considered it I I kind of gave it a pass more just because it's it's still dealing with the social especially it's got the party but also it's just yeah. still dealing with the social stratification that high school creates and there's still a lot of talk about why it's like what groups they're coming from and his, his talk with like the asshole jocks and the, or not even jocks, just the asshole dudes in the screw. uh, Yeah. In the, in the parking lot of the gas station. That's actually what I, the one thing I really like about the movie is that it's like this like fleeting moment in the summer after you graduate that there's this moment where that people are like, well, high school's about to go in the books. So like, what can I do to like change the story? And like, or like, your you dad's know, cook the books. She, but your dad's cook the books. <laughs> but like, there's this sort of like, kind of like, you know, I'm not going to let this be the way high school ends for me or whatever, you know, like sort of, last ditch effort at changing your high school story that I think is kind of interesting. And that's the end of part two of the teen comedies episode of Best Thing I Ever Saw. Thank you to Dylan Stratton for our theme song and Leo Darian for our logo. The saga continues in part three. Thanks for listening.